bro. I wish I didn't know this show. Oh my god, you were crying like a little for like the entire last half of the last Okay, listen, listen. No, I don't have ears, sorry. Listen. I can't hear you, I'm not wearing pants. Uh, there's so much lesbian mourning in this. Um... I saw. I. We literally just watched this. It's still raw. <laughs> like. Like. Like, at this point in the episode, we've been recording for like an hour 20 minutes. We started this like maybe 10 minutes after we finished the finale. Mm -hmm. I'm barely two hours out from this. Yeah. So, I was ugly crying. Yeah. I was ugly crying. Um, because literally the episode, the next episode begins and Xena's dead. Yeah, she's fucking dead. The, I, hmm. <laughs> a lot happened this season. Like, so much, actually. And a lot happened in the last two episodes. Yeah. So, okay. To start off... <laughs> um... To start off... Where do we even start with this one? Uh, so, everything with Eve has happened. Um, where we ended it before, most of the gods are dead... Um, Ares sacrificed his godhood to help everyone, and the wives got to, um, enjoy being moms again. Yeah. <laughs> As they've gotten through to Eve, and she's now, um, an emissary of- She's shifting into daughter mode. Yeah, she's, uh, she's now an emissary of Eli. Which, like, <laughs> kind of hilarious that she just- Peace the fuck out at the beginning of this season. She's just gone. Yeah. Because, yeah. Because, okay, well, we do pick up. She's been traveling on her own. Um, but here's the thing is a lot of Rome is still like, oh, we still have to defend you. You're still, you know, important to us. Which isn't really great considering she's going to talk to the Amazons who don't like the Romans. Yeah. <laughs> and there's uh, a lot of that actually. Doesn't it happen like twice? She I goes to talk so. to two different Amazon tribes. It's been so Yeah, well long the since Amazons come back. Well yeah. But specifically this is happening and uh they realize, oh, this person who's here with Xena, she's actually Livia of mm -hmm. Rome, who is not someone they're a fan of. For valid reasons. Because she killed a bunch of their family. She killed a sh ton of Amazons. Yeah, and so as all this is happening as well, we find out that Ares has an army there 
because he's going to march on the Amazons because he's trying to get his godhood back. He's going insane. But he's not handling the whole mortality yeah. thing very well. He's having a midlife crisis, but like a man-child midlife crisis. Um, which isn't helped by the fact that the Furies are tormenting him yeah. with visions of Xena and Gabrielle and Eve. They're just here just because, and they're being very <laughs> weird about it. Like... It's, yeah. They are very much, like, seducing him into madness. Yeah. And and boy, do they do a fantastic job. He just goes completely skin. He just goes totally co Cocoa Puffs. <laughs> like, actually, the man becomes truly unhinged for a minute. Mm -hmm. And it's hilarious because he's being so man-child about it. Yeah, he really is. I feel like that is just pretty much all of Aerie's this season is him just being a man child. His rapid descent to madness also involves his rapid descent into toddlerdom. Yeah. Like, actually. Uh, <laughs> it's hilarious. Which, of course, they end up defeating him and dealing with the this, and they're able to patch things up between Eve and the Amazons. Which is going to come back again. Again. Of course. But this also um, is the first episode that kind of lives in infamy in fandom history. Because this was written by, I believe her name is Melissa Good. Who is renowned for being a fan fiction writer who got in the writer's room. Yeah. She wrote two episodes for this season. This was one of them, and I say this with all the love in my heart, and not in an insulting way, this felt like fanfiction. This felt like opening up a fanfiction, and it feels like any episode. Like, yeah, it didn't quite feel like a normal episode, it felt like a really good fanfiction yeah. of Xena. And I'm say I'm trying to say that with like all the love in my heart because I mean it in a good way. It's really funny because like there were so many episodes that like straight up felt like a fan fiction as well. Yeah. Done by that person, and I kept being like, "Is this one of the episodes of fan no. fiction?" No. Cause yeah, because a, a lot of them really straight up felt like fan fiction. Some of them felt like crack fix. I'm not even joking, and I was just like. You mean to tell me that a normal writer, not a fanfiction writer, wrote this episode? Yeah, because, like, there's going to be an episode when we get to all of the Norse mythology that oh my straight God. up... First of all, I thought it was going to be a Loki episode. I'm still just going to choose to believe that that was a Loki episode. Yeah, I mean, they had to have cut out the part where they actually said his name yeah. or something, because there's just... Or we're a bunch of dumbasses and we missed it. Yeah. Either way, that episode, I straight up was like, okay, I bet this is it. Because I I have read this before. Yeah. I have read this. Uh, it's no. literally a fan fiction trope. <laughs> but it was just like... Yeah. Just like regular fan oh, writers. What was the that? other episode that... I can't remember. Mm. I'm sure we'll end up there if you look through the summaries. Because I'll definitely like remember which one. Okay, yeah. It was Coming Home and Legacy. Yeah. So, Coming Home is the premiere, and Legacy 
is what? <laughs> Are you getting confused, lady? Oh. Okay. Yeah, I remember what episode that one is now. We'll get to that. Oh boy. <laughs> We'll get to that. Anyways. But yeah, that this episode was written by Melissa Good and it feels like fan fiction in the good way. Yeah. It it's fun. It's good. It builds on previous lore. It's everything you want so that when you go to fan fiction for an extension of the thing you love. Yeah. Like when you're wanting a good canon compliant addition. It was so chef's kiss. Ooh. Yeah. So, as after all this, they do end up going back to Amphipolis because they decide that they want to go see Grandma. Here's the thing. Grandma's dead. They're all dead. <laughs> yeah, so... Everyone is dead! Which, I mean, it has been 25 years. And people yeah. back then didn't live very long. But... She was specifically burned at the stake because Meth... Me oh, f This is gonna... Mephistopheles? Yes. That guy? I yeah. can't say his name. Um, was tormenting her because Eve is supposed to be his, like, spiritual um, rival? I guess. Basically, yeah, I guess. I'm pretty sure that's, like, the vibe. I can't remember how they described it, but that was the vibe. Yeah, this was a really good episode. Because here's the thing. This was when I realized we had not gotten a horror episode yet. Because this is just a damn good haunted house. It really is. It's just straight-up haunted house vibes in, like, the best way imaginable. Like, they pulled out all the stops. Because also, this is a haunted house episode in a Sam Raimi show. We get spooky. We get <laughs> so spooky. I love possessed Gabby. She gets possessed at one point as they're dealing with one all the point? classic I thought she spooks. got possessed, like, multiple times. Uh, I think she only got possessed the once. Hmm. But at one point, Xena has to face Me Meth Mephistopheles. Him. Uh, <laughs> and <laughs> has You're to just going to have to edit me saying his name yeah. in every time you try to say his name. So Xena realizes that if she wants to defeat Mephistopheles, she's going to have to fight him in the spirit realm. So, she puts the pinch on herself, shows Gabby how to take it off, and then just goes under and goes down to... Mephistopheles. ...realm to fight him. <laughs> um, here's the thing. She does kill him, but that also means she inherits his throne. End of episode. <laughs> oh my god. Like, what the f***? Literally just... You know. Yeah. It's good horror, but it's good horror in that evil dead way. It's like all of the Halloween decorations from that one house that goes absolutely hog wild every Halloween. Like, their entire yard is full of decorations. That's what this entire place looked like. Really good Halloween mode. There is a specific scene that, like, every time, I love it so much. 
but there's like the uh, symbol of Mephistopheles is popping up around the house. And at one point, Gabby thinks she hears something. So she puts her ear up to the symbol of, oh, oh, this is so stop. And she gets pulled under and it's oh like this God. flooded cavern of demons it was so f***ed up i ah! love it unbelievably spookified ah! <laughs> oh it was horrifying and xena and eve like happened to come by and hear her and pull her out but it's just so messed up and that's like right before she gets possessed yeah I think she comes out and she's possessed. No, 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 no. Oh? She gets possessed in the shower. Uh, oh, right. Yeah. Oh, there's a lot of spooky body horror going on mm-hmm. in this episode, too. Um, after that, though, <laughs> um, there's a there's a second part. And um, so, so we get a peek at, um, at... Archangel Michael and I believe Raphael or Gabriel, I don't know. Um, they're talking about Xena and everything going on and another angel comes out and is just like, oh, you guys are being uh, such D-bags, you know, I'm gonna go down there and I'm gonna throw her into hell and I'm gonna get a promotion and I'm gonna be God's favorite. <laughs> um. <laughs> I'm gonna be God's most autistic soldier. <laughs> And he does. Um, and Xena kind of hands uh, his to him. Oh, yeah. Xena beats the crap out of him. It's hilarious. Yeah. And she asks him, like, okay, well, who is it that I'm, you know, gonna kill and send back to heaven? And he's like, oh, you can call me Lucifer. Wow. Well. Hail Satan. So... I can't even, I, I can't even remember the plot, like, the sequence of events of this episode. I I just remember Donnie Mommy Xena. That's it. That's all I remember. I, 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 She's literally just seducing him into becoming Satan. She, she tempts him into committing all seven um sins and i feel personally victimized by my for you page for sending me all the edits of that one dance scene between xena and gabby oh my god (gasps) yeah oh that scene that scene Oh, I think this is also one of the last times we see Eve and Virgil. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure they, they're they implied to just go off and have their own adventures as Eve is spreading Eli's message. Yeah. But this episode, we get evil Virgil because there's literally a portal to hell open in their backyard and it's influencing everyone. Yeah, there's just a giant crack thing <gasps> green gas in the middle of their backyard and Azina's just like, eh, don't worry about yeah. it. And they're all just like, they're just getting progressively horny. Everybody gets corrupted by evil. There is an orgy. There's, yeah, there there's is a, a huge, yeah, like at 
when everything like comes to a peak um during after the the dance scene but the plot line wasn't the only thing that came to a peak yeah, there. Yeah, I'm. Uh, there are like huge swaths of this episode where I just like blacked out. <laughs> the gay took over, <laughs> which is not uncommon for me when I'm watching Xena. That's literally my middle school experience. But, like they literally they dressed her up like a dominatrix. Literally, just straight up dominate. They turned. When I said they turned Xena into a dummy mommy, I was not joking she even refers to herself as mommy in the episode yeah i had to have mentioned this before um but i know we've talked about it when talking about that x-files photo shoot yeah but like the 90s legit were like fairly kink friendly yeah when you're looking at mainstream media so yeah they they do there's there's a scene after all that where um <laughs> where Zena introduces Lucifer to lust and he ple- she he basically offers himself to Zena uh body and soul which pisses off uh Michael <laughs> it is which, something um yeah and he pops out he's like hey your soul is not yours to give Bro, you you need to like you need to keep it in your pants. Bro, do not be corrupted by the sexy sexy lady, sir. And it doesn't work. He gets corrupted by the sexy lady. There's so much we're glossing over, but it's also because like there's so much that's just like a blank. Because I, I can cope. Like listen, when I was a kid and I blacked out all the romantic, <laughs> that's because I was like deep in the closet. Now it's just pure gay panic. It was too powerful. You could not handle the concentrated homosexuality. I have a high threshold. But this episode just... Not high enough. (laughs) Maybe it's a good thing I never watched season six as a kid. (laughs) To get back to the plot. (laughs) So they, they fight the angels and all that. And basically turns out that they've been playing Lucifer... And, um, in making him commit all seven sins, damn him, and he turns, like, into an ugly demon, and they end up throwing him into hell. They throw him in the hellhole! Yeah. And he comes back in that comedic Norse episode we talked about. He does! That is the only other time we see him, which I find just so wild. He's too busy being Satan. Yeah, I'm just, I'm... Anyways, there were more episodes after that. Yeah. Oh, there were more episodes. God, were there episodes. And I do not think that we're going to be able to talk about all of them. Yeah. Because there's just so much happening at all times, and we're 24 minutes in. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to fast forward to the three-parter that I genuinely feel like could have been its own movie, which is the Rheingold. Mm-hmm. So we find out that once upon a time, Xena was a Valkyrie. Yeah. Not only was, not only was she a Valkyrie, she seduced Odin so that she could steal the Rheingold um, and melt it down into a ring, which, like, gives her this superpower. And... <laughs> 
in doing this, there's like this whole thing of like, if you don't forsake love, then the Rheingold will invoke your worst fear or something like that. I can't remember the yeah. details. Yeah, that's about right. Odin's other Valkyrie lover um, decides to try and stop Xena and puts it on. And it turns her into a monster. Oh, yeah. Because she didn't forsake love. So this entire three-parter, we start with, like, Xena running off with Beowulf. And, of course, Gabrielle follows, despite, you know, being abandoned and kind of thrown off the trail to try and protect her. Mm -hmm. But in that, she ends up meeting this girl who's like, oh, yeah, no, I'm looking for this, too. I can help you. It's totally (sighs) fine. And learns more about Xena's past from her. There was a lot of gay in this season. Uh-huh, uh-huh. This season, you can tell they knew that it was their last season and they could get away with the more explicit lesbian activity. Oh, it was so... There was so much. <laughs> there was so much. Like, okay. There was so much. We basically covered everything. Um, covered in that first episode. Mm-hmm. Because there, like I said, there's three. This could have been a movie. It could have been. Because this is also where you kind of see the budget increase a bit again. Oh yeah, the effects are a lot better. The flying still looks weird, but like, it was... The... It's better still. This came out in like 2000, I think. Uh, 2000, 2001? Around there. Yeah, 2000. Yeah. I, just, I just went and checked because I straight up, like, I couldn't remember if... The that episode was from this season or the last. It's been so long since mm-hmm. we watched it. I was like, wasn't that last season? No, it wasn't. They waited until the last season to hit us with the Xena Dommy Mommy outfit. Mm-hmm. Anyway, but yeah, no, it was two thousand. So, oh god. So, all the battling and shit happens, and and I will say I love Grindel the monster. Who was a Valkyrie. Oh, yeah. The design it is, is such, great. It's such a good monster. Mm-hmm. So, happens, and the girl that's with the Gabby is revealed to have been a Valkyrie, actually. Uh, and she has fallen in love with Gabby. Like, straight up, completely fallen in love. Like, actually, for real. But Gabby cannot return the feeling. Yeah. And so, as things happen, she ends up with the Rheingold, and the Valkyrie basically says, Hey, don't worry. I'm gonna put you to sleep, and I'm gonna become this fire to protect you, and only your soulmate can step through me. And she straight up, like... Does it? Yeah. Like, straight up sleeping beauty. She literally just loves Gabby so much, she turns into fire to protect her. Yeah. Um, because there's armies coming for the Rheingold, and Gabby, like, gets the long hair again. She's in a princess dress that briars grow around her. Like, it's full-on Sleeping Beauty. Yeah. I forget how, but somehow Xena is presumed dead, but actually she has lost her memory and is... She puts on the Rheingold and gets cursed by it because she did not forsake love. That's what happens when you put it on. It takes away what you most value. For uh, Grendel? It was her beauty and humanity. It was the two in tandem that turned her into the monster. Yeah. 
And for Xena, it was her identity, I believe. So it took away all of her memories of who she was. Oh, so she ends up being discovered uh, by a king and then is like, oh, indebted to him. And oh, they're getting married. And Beowulf ends up discovering her and helping her try to remember everything. She doesn't remember anything, but she is haunted by a specter of Gabby. Because Gabby's asleep, she can go do other things with her spirit, like haunting Xena. Well, no, it's the part of Gabby that's still within her. It's the lingering memory. She literally just lives in Xena's mind rent-free. And of course, eventually, she finds her. And she steps through the fire. And she kisses her. And wakes her up. Sleeping beauty moment, except it's gay. Ah! Oh my god. Oh my god! It's, it's so good. It really is. It's... I love this show so much. Like, they truly are giving me everything I have wanted in sapphic fantasy. <laughs> I, uh Let's go, lesbians. Let's go, lesbians! <laughs> we have a lot more of lesbians let's going in this season. We have so many. Yeah, and of course, they do end up returning the Rheingold, and everything was restored, and everything with the Rheingold maidens is really goddamn gay, too. Ew. Oh my like, god. Xena seduces one of them to get them in her past as a Valkyrie. It's, it is literally just a bunch of lesbians hanging out in a pool oh together. Just forever. All the time. Oh, it's great. God, I wish that were me. Mood! I don't know how we can move on from this, because, like, it's... <sighs> This show is starting out so gay so fast, and I... They really just save all the gay for the last season, and then just hit you with that combo. Yeah. Because, like, it's been so, like, subtle, and, you know, blink and you'll miss it. But this season is, like, very... It's like, like, they are literally, like, every woman in this season has told another woman she loves her far i swear to god and like renee o'connor is even like referred to the finale as them coming out it's so gay there is a fucking kiss there is a passionate kiss Uh, oh my god uh, oh my god anyways anyways there's still so much that happens i don't know how there will be more gay next is the aries farm oh yeah Oh my god, this so this show makes me feel so f- weird because Ares, like, he reminds me so much of my dad. <laughs> not only in appearance, but, like, kind of the way he acts, except not because my dad is, like, a normal person, and Ares yeah. is a freak. My dad's not a freak, <laughs> but the way he talks... No, he's just a SoCal stoner. He's just a SoCal stoner, but, yeah, no. Like, it just... It, it's kind of weird, but this episode yeah. in particular, just like, <laughs> why did they get my dad to do this? Like, actually, because that's just kind of the way that Ares acts in this episode. He's still mortal, and he's still being a little yep. unhinged about it, but like, in a normal way now, because he's not yeah. being 
tormented by the Furies. Yeah, because this episode, Ares um, is being pursued by all the warlords that have beef with him. So Ares and Gabby have come to help him go into hiding as a farmer. Yeah, he's like, everybody knows that he's mortal now, so they're trying to kill him. Also, there's a really cute dog in this episode. Oh, yeah, the dog is, like, one of the best parts. The dog, it's also um, really funny because this dog totally, like, steals so much of their stuff. Oh, yeah, this dog. <laughs> it's it's an Australian shepherd. Like, if you gave it- No, 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 it's a blue healer. Yeah, they're about the same level of unhinged. I feel if there was yeah. a dog that could make a saw trap, it would be one of those breeds. Yeah. My grandma had an Australian Shepherd growing up. They are far calmer than Blue Healers. That's terrifying. Yeah. Sarah was a lot chiller than most Blue Healers I've met. Most <laughs> Australian Shepherds I've met have been, like, pretty damn chill. But they could still make a saw trap. Oh, yeah. they And they will. <laughs> but a blue healer. They can and they will. But a blue healer. They are unhinged. And this dog literally, I think it belonged to a yeah. merchant who kept passing through. Yeah. And just would steal shit for the merchant. And then Ares steals him because they find, they go to Xena's family's old farm and just get him set up there. And there's happening as usual but the star of this <clears throat> the star of this episode is the dog oh yeah because it is the sweetest thing as like Ares becomes so attached to this dog and there's this thing that like my mom and I have been talking a lot about because there was a movie we watched not recently but recently when we watched this episode where there was an actor who was supposed to be playing someone who like worked with dogs every day Mm -hmm. But pretty much every time this dog would, like, react to them, they would just flinch. Like, you could tell this person was scared, like, did not like dogs. Probably scared of dogs. Yeah. Did not th like dogs. This person like, could not flinching. pull off the <laughs> I own dogs act. Yeah. Meanwhile, Kevin Smith, who played Ares, I believe that this is, like, a dog dad. Oh, like, yeah. This <laughs> I can perfectly the way that he like carries this dog around or like there's... he shifts into puppy mode every time the dog is in the shot with him and there's a specific moment where i realized oh no you you absolutely love dogs don't you or have like a lot of experience with them is when the dog jumps into his arms oh my god and the way he just cradles that baby <laughs> it's like you're my friend now we're having soft yeah. tacos later that kind of vibe. It's like the polar opposite of the other actor. Yeah. It's like, you can tell us not only likes dogs, but wants to be around them. Yeah. And the other guy was just like, ew, don't it's touch like, me. This person understands dogs. Yeah, it's so cute. This whole episode was really cute. And it's like... It is. If Ares hadn't gotten his god powers back, he would totally just have hung out on this farm for the rest of ever. Oh yeah, especially because he has a hot neighbor. <laughs> he has a hot neighbor and he is having a delightful time on this farm being just some guy with a dog and a hot neighbor. <laughs> it's so great. I love this episode. Is the next episode Caligula? Um, uh, 
Next episode is The God You Know. I don't remember what happened in that one, but I... Oh. You could just uh, pull up IMDb. IMDb more like IMD's nuts. It, yeah, it's Caligula. It starts with them walking through a field full of corpses that are on fire. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah! I remember what happened in this episode now. This guy's half... He's half mortal, half god, and he forgets about the half mortal part and focuses on the half god part. Oh, no, 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 no. That was the... No. That was the Artemis episode with the dude who declared war was on it? Amazons. Oh. No, no, no. Where this was is, that? Um, so... Caligula. Cal- what was Caligula? So, um... I forgot. This is the episode of the guy who's leeching off Aphrodite's immortality. Oh, yeah! So, uh... He was turning into a god, but still kind of mortal. So, of course, we get Caligula. Um, here's the thing. We get this because Ares asks them to rescue Aphrodite. Because... She's lost in the sauce. Oh, yeah. So when Ares lost his powers uh, and war... Aphrodite went all out of whack. Yeah, because there's no war to balance out love. And that means that she was vulnerable to Caligula preying on her and leeching off her immortality to turn into a god. Yeah! It's up and every time he kisses her he steals a little bit more of her godness it is messed up but i love the guy they got to play this guy's gross oh yeah they picked the perfect guy also the reason that xena gets involved in this because that's also the thing xena's pretending to be a god uh to get in with him uh it's because she was recruited by michael to assassinate him oh yeah because no here it is i remember now because uh, Ares stops them from killing Caligula, because if they just straight out kill him, um, it will kill Aphrodite. And they have to come up with this whole machination of plans yeah. to eventually get him. The inner machinations of mind are an <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can't hear that word without making that reference. Because in the end... As they're going through all this stuff, Xena no longer has the ability to kill gods anymore. Eli took it from her. Yep. <laughs> so you know what they end up doing after going through all this to convince Caligula of everything? She ends up talking him up because, hey, if you're, like, you know, if you could uh, be killed, then, like, that's no good because she makes him bleed, um, mm-hmm. and like freaks him out. She still all this has stuff going the power. On. It gets taken, taken from, from her. her halfway through the episode. She shows up yeah. and still hurt um, him, so she makes him bleed, and he just freaks out about it. He can't handle it. He's like, "What yeah. the? F- Nobody can make me bleed." Ah. Yeah. So she talks him uh, up and talks him into like, you know what would look great? You know what would get people if you killed yourself if you martyred yourself she literally K-Y-S. talks himself into killing himself she, she talks him into killing himself and it's like kind of deserved it's funny it's like damn it's, she played this 
insane little man like a fiddle. It is something else. It really is. Like, damn. It... It's like, damn, that's crazy, man. <laughs> and of course... Like, actually. Yeah, and of course, Aphrodite gets restored. And I can't remember if at this point Ares does, too. I'm pretty sure he does. No. No, they don't get restored no, not until... She's mortal yeah. now, too. She, But at the end, Aphrodite hey. is mortal as well. And they have to learn to deal with that. Where is the episode when they get their god powers back? Because that, that was the third episode. That's the episode we... That's the supposed Loki episode. Yeah. Which one is that? We'll get to it. Okay. So... Good to know, because I have no idea. I... I forgot the titles of all these episodes after we watched them, so I don't know which one is which. The next episode, um, I think you could understand why we would assume this was a Loki episode, considering it starts with a tabloid reporter trying to get the scoop on Xena and Gabby and their whole deal, as well as why Xena is going after... Um, the immortal apples of Norse mythology. Yeah, the golden apples. Yeah. And the, the he's just a tabloid reporter. Like, a modern-day one. He's just there. And, yeah. And, like, the other characters are responding to him like, who the f*** are you? Like, you reasonably But at would. the same time... It never gets brought up why he's there. Yeah, Ever. like they're filming in a studio, like a talk show studio. Yeah, and, There's a point and, where and, Gabby and Xena go for a walk down a maintenance hall. Yeah, and it is so fucking strange because like we watched to the end of the damn show and they didn't bring it up. They didn't mention it. It's like they forgot about it. Like they forgot the episode where they implied that Ares was Xena's dad. They just didn't mention it again. And it's so strange, because it's very clearly, like, this is not a coincidental resemblance to a tablet reporter. That's literally exactly what this is. They play it like one of happen in modern time, but they just... It is obviously a canonical thing that happens, because Ares is a god, again, for the rest of the episode, or season series yeah because this episode ends with them getting the apples they think it's because uh she's in with the aries and they're gonna become gods together but no it's because she's trying to restore him and aphrodite because without aphrodite everyone's uh, losing love in yeah their life. and like the entire episode is them speculating oh oh this is the one where my laptop died right before the end of the episode too Oh my god, yeah. Oh my god, okay, so my laptop battery was being f***y, so it would randomly shut off if I left it unplugged. And I was watching on my bed with it unplugged, so literally with five minutes to spare on the episode, my laptop dies. And we are in a call over Discord, which I have on my phone too, so I'm like, hey, what the f***, my laptop died. And they were just like, did you see the end of the episode? And I was like, no, because my laptop died. So I boot my computer back up. It's all plugged in. I load up the episode. I get back to where it died. 
And they are talking about Xena and Gabby's relationship. This tabloid reporter is like, what is your relationship? Are you just friends or are you and lesbians? And as Gabby is going to clarify, the episode cuts out like there's interference on the air. It is so messed up. <laughs> I got hit with that twice in a row and one of them they didn't even plan for. I just, it had to have been like, like the gods are playing a cruel joke on me or something. <laughs> it was just too perfect. It was just up. I love it. Cannot get over that. It's delightful. But yeah, that episode is so good for how it weird was. it is. That's one of those episodes where like, this is why I love Xena. I thought it was a fanfic writer yeah. episode. This is one of those episodes that like, again, feels like fan fiction. But also, this is why I love Xena. I love when it's weird. I love when it's experimental. It was so freaking weird. This entire season just reeks of... We know the end is coming. Let's just do it. The end is near. Let's get weird with Especially it. Especially because the next episode oh is the God. clip show. And they continue that weird meta narrative of flashing forward to the late 1990s um, to see what the quote unquote real historical Xena has effects on the world. Because yeah, with the way that the last one went. I straight up, when the guy showed up, we both thought that it was going to be a clip show episode mm -hmm. because that's just the vibe that the clip show episodes have yeah. had. They had that one. It wasn't a clip show. We were like, what the hell? And then they had the actual clip show with that same vibe afterwards. Yeah. It's like, bro, why are you doing this to yeah. us? So the meta narrative thus far, it starts with the 1940s Indiana Jones episode, which sees Gabby reincarnated or slash the descendant of carrying on her father's legacy. She's joined by Xena, who is an expert in a field. Well, Xena's descendant slash reincarnation. And a brush salesman from, like, Idaho who's in disguise as a French soldier who's the descendant of Joxer yeah. slash reincarnation. Yeah. Um, Aww. That was fun. So they, they eventually get into the vault of Xena and they get the scrolls. But also, oh no, turns out Ares is there and he's been released back into the world and Xena possesses her descendant's body. Oh yeah, it was wild. Yeah, so that happens. End of the episode is the descendant of that brush salesman. Well, actually no, I'm pretty sure if we're following the logic, this is the descendant of Xena's descendant, but it's played by Ted Raimi. Yeah. And he has- Basically, the Xena and Jocks are descendants got swapped, yeah. so like, the Xena yeah. bloodline ended up in the Jocks are body, yeah. basically. And he finds the Xena scroll- And vice versa. In his uh, dad's, uh, or grandpa's attic, and ends up taking them to a producer, and they become the show Xena. Yep. <laughs> There is lore in the clip show episode. <laughs> Only exists yeah. in the clip show episodes, and it's very exciting. Yeah. Fast forward, and we get to the past life regression episode in which we see um, the descendant slash reincarnation of Xena, who is in a relationship with uh, the descendant slash reincarnation of Joxer, who you think up until a point they're swapsied, 
and that it's the other way, especially because they think it's Swapseed because the jocks are reincarnation. I think her name was Anne. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, it was Anne, Harry, and I forget what Gabrielle's name was. Yeah. Um, so Anne is obsessed with Xena and thinks that she is the reincarnation of Xena, goes to the past life specialist that, who is the descendant slash reincarnation of Gabby. Uh, throughout the shenanigans of this episode, they discover that actually Harry is Xena and Anne is Joxer and Gabby is Gabby. All of this has been orchestrated by Ares, who is trying to do his usual thing. Uh, <laughs> Which, are we surprised? No, we shouldn't be. So, Send in the Clones takes place several years after that. Oh my god, this episode goes hard. <laughs> Somebody buys hair that was found in the tomb, which I'm realizing now because we literally just watched the finale is completely contradicted by actual lore. Anyways, they get yeah. hair of Xena and Gabby and they make clones. They end up having a bunch of fans put together compilations of clips to be able to feed into their brains to try and jumpstart the clones. This works, but somebody tampered with it, and they uh -oh. ended up waking up evil Xena. Dun dun dun! It was Alti. <laughs> it was Cigarette Mom the whole time. She doesn't have the voice anymore, though. She doesn't do the Cigarette Mom voice anymore, but it is still Cigarette Mom. It is Alti. She is the lab person. And she looks amazing. She does. Clones, they get waking up, they get weird interactions with the fans. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, uh... And Xena figures out how electricity works very quickly. Yeah. Also, Gabby gets a bust her out of jail, which we yeah. unfortunately don't get to see, but... Yeah. Yeah. So, Alti is orchestrating things because she doesn't like the reputation Xena has gotten since the show has come out, and that wants to use these clones to try and wreak havoc on the city and tear down her reputation? I guess. I guess that's the plan. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. Who knows what is going on in Cigarette Mom's head? Um, in the end, there's like a junkyard fight and they th you think that they blew themselves up after saving the fans. The fans are totally fine, and as they're leaving, they're just like, man, I guess it's good that they don't exist in modern times. They weren't meant to, and all that stuff. And a taxi drives by. And Gabby and Xena are sitting in the back seat of the cab. And they do a little <laughs> fist bump type thing as they're no, leaving. No, they cheers, they cheers champagne flutes. Oh, okay, yeah, that's what it was. I don't know where they got that, but that's okay. Why, that's why my brain said fist bump, because it's like, where the f*** did they get the champagne flute? I know, Who and knows? they're in a taxi. Literally, I don't think cabs usually carry those around unless it's like the cash cab or some sh <laughs> God, remember that? Oh, I just reawakened a memory that I didn't even remember I had until yeah. now. But, yeah, the end of that episode was funny. Also, it implies that there's just a Xena and a Gabby wandering around in whatever city this was now. Yep. And they're adapting very well. 
so much happens in this season. It is the final season, so obviously, but good God, for summarizing all of it, the important bits, there's just so much. Alright, so we get some closure on the Boralis story because we find out that actually before Xena, he had a wife and son. He was discovered with Xena, which is why he no longer had a wife and son in all the stories we saw. Because Xena is a homewrecker. Yeah, so he's not happy because supposedly Boralis' first son, um, supposedly his daughter was kidnapped by the centaurs. No, actually, um, that super freaky, uh, centaur baby from season one, um, he's all grown up. He's all grown up now, because it has been 25 years. Yeah, and, um, he and this, uh, the daughter of Boralus' first son are actually married and expecting a baby. (laughs) They're not married yet, but they are expecting... Or no, yeah, they're not married yet, but they're gonna have a baby. They have a baby by the end of the episode. Yeah. It is not CGI, though. They just put, like, a six-month-old in some fuzzy leggings. Thank God! The CGI baby was so f***ed up. I'm so glad they didn't do another one of those. Yeah, they just... Yeah, no. Sherpa leggings. And it was just, like, a regular baby. And it's, like... It's it's pretty standard. You're just getting closure on this storyline and it's dramatic and there's so much going on, but like it's fine. Next episode. Next we get closure on Caesar because he's in the afterlife and somehow Caesar manages oh, to yeah. get to the fates. So he undoes the loom of fate for his own machinations. And he f- it all up. Yeah. He ends up uh, making Xena his wife and warrior of Rome. Gabby is now a Roman bard. And Joxer's just kind of there as a guard. Joxer's just Joxer. It's literally just there. You yeah. can't have, you can't have, like, the uh-huh. two of them without putting Joxer in there. Which, he died last season, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah he they're did. Just, just like, okay, Droxer's gonna be here, which makes me happy because Droxer is, like, my favorite character in this. I have decided Droxer's my favorite. Yep. And Alti is also back in this. Um, yeah. Of course, it ends up with Xena getting crucified again. Of again. Of course, it ends with Gabby. Like, the two of... God! There's a scene where, like, Xena has taken Gabby's place because Gabby was arrested at one point. And, like, in this lifetime, they have only just known each other, like, a day, maybe. And but they still reason- die for each yeah, other. and for some reason, Xena is so taken with her. And she literally, like, is looking up at her, beaten and bloody, and just tells her, I'll love you forever. She says that so much this season. They really pulled out all of the stops on the gay in this f***ing season. God. And all that happens, Gabby has a fit and ends up burning the loom of fate. Yeah! She burns the loom of fate. Which fixes everything! It literally, yeah, it's straight up, like... After that happened, they just pop back into, like, regular Xena and Gabby in the appropriate timeline that hasn't been messed with. And they're just like, cool, we did that. And they just wander off into the forest of mist. And everything Mm -hmm. is literally fine. 
Even though Gabby literally yeah. burned the loom of fate. And they both remember this happening. Yeah, they remember it. And they're just like, yeah, that happened. Like, Xena just comes up yeah. on a horse. And, it, it, yeah. <laughs> it was just weird. Okay, next is uh, the last Aphrodite episode, which I think is one of the best, which is Many oh. Happy Returns which follows young Janaya, who is supposed to be sacrificed uh, by a group of religious oh, fanatics. Oh my god, I love this episode! And this episode is so goddamn cute. They had so much... They had the girl bestie time that they had with, like, the sleepover with Aphrodite and Gabby, mm -hmm. but now there's another bestie. It's yeah. so cute. A lot of very poorly repressed gay moments and as well. it's another prank episode because Gabby's birthday means pranks. Oh, yeah. It's so cute. And I believe I've mentioned before that there's an unproduced Sappho episode. We do get some callbacks, um, which is that they were going to go to Sappho for Gabby's birthday. Which, gay, especially because... Yes. And Xena... Xena picks up a Sappho scroll for Gabby. Well, not only that, she got her to write her one. Oh, yeah, right. I forgot about that part, which is even gayer. It's like, what better gift for your girlfriend on her birthday than a poem written by Sappho for her? Uh-huh. Oh, my God. And also, it was really funny because, like, Xena and Gabby both spent this entire episode... Just totally psyching each other out, even when they weren't doing pranks on each other because the pranks went too far and they were trying to cool it. They kept psyching each other out. Yeah, which leads to so much shenanigans. Shenanigans absolutely ensue as a result of them literally not doing anything and saying they weren't doing anything. That's the problem. They said they weren't doing anything and that's where the shenanigans crept their way in. The next episode before we get to the finale is the last in the meta plot. This is the first that is not a clip show. And basically, another Xena scroll is discovered. This happens... Um, this happens between when Xena gets the vision that Gabby is still alive after everything with Hope. And before they discover her again. Yeah, this is, like, a kind of, like, mini clip show, but just for, like, the whole hope thing. But that's the thing, is it's not even a clip show, it's an original story. Yeah. It was weird. And also, there's a lot of jocks are going on in this episode for some reason. Because it's gonna be the last time we can see him. Yeah. It's basically a goodbye to the, like, it's, it's, a goodbye it's to my the boy. last of the closure. It's the final closure. And we also get, like, a little hint of him and Meg, because we know that they go on to have a couple kids together and yeah. run the tavern together. Which, good for him. That yeah. was so... I'm glad that they did that. I'm glad that they did that. So basically, uh, this scroll tells the story of how Xena married Ares. Yeah. She didn't actually. It was a ploy to try and save Gabby. She didn't end up going through it with it. Um, but the problem is, in this scroll, they hid the marriage license. And so now that being discovered means that Ares, which we know is out and about, 
comes back. Yeah, they hid the marriage license in this scroll, and everybody is talking about it because they found, ooh, hidden Xena lore. She was married to Ares, and he's just like, oh, you don't say. Can I have a look at that? And of course, the reincarnations are there. It's because it starts with Harry and, I still don't remember her name, Gabby's reincarnation of being a couple and being like, you know, yeah, super solid and everything. But it ends with like, she's, no, I'm not dating Harry. I'm dating the person Harry's inside, which means that she's now dating Anne. Woohoo! Lesbians! They really just... Let's go! They tied up all the heterosexuality and made it gay. Like, they straight I up just, did. I I love this meta plot. It's so goofy. And I love it. It really is. I love it. This, unfortunately, then leads into the finale. Um, it's a two-parter, and... And I ugly cried during both. The ending of both the last ten minutes, they spent ugly crying for, like, the whole time. Yeah. Because, God, I do have to say, jump scare warning, because Xena has white people dreads yeah, at one point. Yeah, it, it was gross. In flashbacks. It was gross. Yeah, so, basically, a monk brings Xena to Japan to face... <sighs> to face Yodoshi, who is which really weird that the series ends in Japan? Yeah, it's it feels also, so random, but it's another one of those back in Xena's past things that we've never heard of before. Yeah, we get a lot of delicious Japanese spirit weirdness, though. Yeah, they they are it's... so good at keeping to like the feel and the spirit of mythology. This absolutely has the feel of, like, the, the specific genre of weird that yokai tend to have. Yeah. And basically, there's these spirits that are tasked with the corruption of souls that are under Yudoshi's uh, control or servitude or something. Under his control. Uh <laughs> I was having a hard time focusing because this is my first time watching the finale ever. Oh, yeah. you. Well, it's my first time watching I had too. never watched season six before. And it hit you like a truck. Ha! It hit you like that car hit me that one time. Oh, my God. <laughs> hey, at least you didn't have to go to the hospital. Oh. Anyways. <laughs> so... The first episode is mostly Xena telling Gabby about the first time she went to Japan with this girl that she had, uh, like, that was kidnapped for a ransom, and she was taking her back to fulfill it. Turns out she was, like, using Xena to get revenge on her father for killing the rest of their family. Oh, yeah. And it's also really gay. It was, oh my god, it was just the most explicitly gay thing I've seen. It, it was just, like actually just straight up just yeah you're gonna fall in love with me you don't really have a say in the matter and and she did xena did fall in love with this chick and then she killed herself <laughs> not xena the other chick yeah the chick she fell in love with killed herself it, it, so much which i mean i guess that's way to make a lady crazy over you is just get her to fall yeah. in love and kill yourself anyways oh <laughs> 
Because it worked. Uh, when Xena and like Gabby finally get to Japan, they end up also saving the city of Higuchi, which uh, was targeted for destruction by uh, Yodoshi. And um, um, I'm just gonna say, because I I don't know if I want to. I don't know, huh? Just if, when you see the bikini armor, um, yeah, prepare yourself. It's a warning. The bikini armor is a warning. I, strap yourself in. You're about to go on a ride. Cause, cause here's the thing. I have seen so many edits because I, I look at it the way it's like, Hey, if I didn't want to get spoiled, I should have finished watching this show sooner. I had every opportunity. If I get spoiled, it's my fault. And yeah, I... mm, You were not prepared. That still didn't prepare me for the way. For the way that they ended the first episode in the finale. Where it's just like solid cut. You weren't ready. (sighs) You were not fucking ready. I was ugly crying. Yeah. I was ugly crying. Um, because literally the episode, the next episode begins and Xena's dead. Yeah, she's fucking dead. So Gabby discovers this and she discovers that this is actually part of Xena's plan because she's able to infiltrate Yudoshi's domain and work with this guy who has the ability to kill spirits. Oh, there's so much lesbian mourning in this. Um, I, I, we literally just watched this. It's still raw. (laughs) Like, 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 at this point in the episode, we've been recording for like an hour, 20 minutes we started this, like, maybe ten minutes after we finished the finale. Mm-hmm. I'm barely two hours out from this. Yeah. So, there is a more intricate plan, but basically, they all have to go up Mount Fuji to get to this fountain that um, the demon guy is drinking from that's making him so powerful. The fountain makes you unbelievably powerful, which is why they can't kill him with the sword just regular. And Gabby... And also Gabby is there because she's got to... No, she's there because she has to throw Xena's ashes into the fountain to bring her back to life. I'm pretty sure she was also part of the bigger the bigger plan, too. Because um, when she ends up getting tattooed, and the tattoo ends up like saving her when she has to help Xena... I think she got the tattoo to protect her from the tomfoolery, I'm pretty sure. I missed that part, but she was definitely not there participating in anything but trying to get Xena's ashes to the fountain. Yeah. Because, like, they only had two days to do it. That was what her her focus was. uh, But she has until sundown to use that fountain to do that. But also, she ends up at one point, Xena gets knocked out before she can drink from the thing. So Gabby has to drink from the fountain. She gets hit by Yodoshi. 
but the tattoo on her back protects her. Yeah. And she's able to get to Xena to kiss her and transfer the water into her mouth. Yeah, this is a really gay kiss. Like, that kiss looks like she's giving her life. Mm-hmm. That... 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 that. <sighs> mm-hmm. I cried so hard. You really did. I could hear you sobbing into the mic. I'm tearing up now, just Whoa. trying to think of explaining. Um, so, so they do that, and Xena is able to destroy him. Here's the thing. She does this, and she's able to release, like, every soul that he's condemned. But she's not only souls that he consumed, but she also... When the first girl killed herself, Xena went on a, a rampage that ended up killing most of the people in the village that they saved at the beginning of the episode. Yeah. And in order for their souls to move on and not just be doomed for all eternity, Xena can't come back to life. Yeah. So the episode ends with them choosing to let Xena stay dead instead of putting her ashes in the fountain. And at the very end of the episode... Well, because first we see them as the sun sets, because Gabby had until sunset that day. And they're sitting together, just holding each other. Watching sunset. After, like reaffirming to each other that, like, they are the loves of each other's lives and they are each other's soulmates. You're gonna make me (laughs) cry, dude. I've been detached from this whole thing so I don't cry, but you're making it hard, dude. I'm not trying to! This is my first time watching the finale! And that's why I'm explaining this (sighs) part. After you finish watching the sunset... And the sun goes down, they've missed the window, Xena is dead for good. We then see them on a ship, and they're standing together having the same conversation that they were having at the beginning of the first part, where they were figuring out where they wanted to go, and what they wanted to do, and the kind of places that could use Xena's help. And Xena's there. But Gabby is also holding the urn with Xena's ashes in it. And also a thing to note is that when they were on Mount Fuji, Gabby used the chakram for the first time. She did! She used it right! It worked for her! And they ended together talking about the fact that they heard that Egypt might need a girl with a chakram. And they talked about that at the beginning of this all, because they were talking about leaving Greece together. They were having the same conversation that they were at the beginning, but the context is dramatically different now. Bro. I feel like this would be a lot harder to record if we were in the same room. Yeah. I I just... I'm not coping. You're not coping. It may be 422, but you should still take a fat bong rip anyway, even though (laughs) we're two minutes late. You sound like you need it. Sam Raimi, turn your location on. I want to send you my therapy bill. (laughs) 
Sue him for emotional damage. I have a therapy and a dispensary bill with your name on it. Good <laughs> thing that it's the end of the show, so you have time to recover <laughs> from it. I I don't know if I can recommend this anymore. I am emotionally devastated. I don't think I can recommend this. You just gotta watch it again <laughs> so that you build up an uh, immunity to the pain. Or I just die. Next time on You Got to Know. I have been getting edits of the finale. Um, Get. Oh, does it hurt? I will start to randomly cry if I think about it too much. Yeah, that that hurts so much. I am not proud accidentally like bursting into tears over the finale in front of my mother uh, like a week oh my god a week after we watched the finale um this poor woman twice in my life now she has watched this show consume me and this time it I'm actually sure that broke me. when she heard we were watching Xena again she was just like oh not this again Thank you for listening to You Got to Know. Be sure to share with your friends and family. Music by Kevin McLeod.